Hey Paradise people, I'm your host Bella Rooney and welcome back to another episode of Protecting Paradise. Today's episode is one I am so passionate about. It's sustainable fashion. The fast fashion tide must be stopped and Taryn LaRock is a sustainable designer that is working towards just that. Taryn's brand, Sage LaRock, is an ethical and sustainable luxury brand producing swimwear and activewear made from recycled fishnets and marine plastic material. She's also the co-founder of Sea Sweepers, a company dedicated to retrieving ocean plastics for upcycling into usable materials. With such a passion for saving our seas, I'm so excited for you to meet her. So let's dive on in. Okay, well, hello, Taryn. It's so nice to meet you. Great to meet you too, Bella. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about sustainable fashion. I feel like it's such a massive topic. It has so many, so many different things you could talk about. But can we just start by kind of getting to know you um, a little bit better? And your brand, Sage, is it La Rock or is it uh, LA Rock? It's LaRock. I know it's, it's it's my last name and, and a lot of people think it's LA rock, but it's Sage LaRock. Um, when I started the brand, um, about seven years ago, I wanted something that was easy to trademark. So I used my middle and last name Sage LaRock. Um, and we are a, a sustainable luxury brand. We do swimwear, activewear. We've done capsule collections of organic, um, hand plant dyed, uh, hemp and, and dead stock silk lingerie. Sometimes we've done dead stock silk slip dresses. Um, but our, the core things we do are, are going to be our activewear and swimwear. Mm -hmm. Everything is made from entirely from upcycled fishing nets and marine plastic. Um, we've done that since the beginning when I launched the brand, we had a commitment initially to do everything in the most sustainable way possible. And we're always in the process of bettering that and to be as sustainable and ethical in everything we do and totally transparent to our customers about that, whom we love very much. So yeah, the brand's been around for about seven years and um, we're also expanding into some different collections. But, but yeah, we're based out of um, Miami. Everything is ethically made locally here. Um, we use the people that are fantastic. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of fashion, whether it's a small brand or large brand, they're outsourced to sweatshops and we make sure that's not the case. So, um, we definitely take that into consideration along with sustainability as well. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. What actually made you like, what inspired you to start the brand? Was it was it, I, I know you were originally a model, is that correct? And was it your past in modeling and looking at all the fashion that made you decide that if you were going to start a brand, it was going to be a, a sustainable, ethically sourced one? Yeah, that's quite correct. Um, I worked as a model in the U.S. and Europe. Um, I did a lot of swimwear for a long time. It was quite a while ago. But during that time, I had the unique opportunity to kind of um sit in on a lot of fittings and photo shoots for designers. And 
I just, when I got out of that, I wanted to leverage the information and the contacts that I had made, but I really wanted to do something that was sustainable and ethical. And at that time, I was just having an extremely hard time. And this was back in um, 2016. I was having a really tough time um, finding sustainable swimwear and activewear. And there's more on the market now, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's ethically made. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's uh, not with any um, sweatshop labor. Everyone is paid a fair living wage, good working conditions, access to health insurance, paid time off, which a lot of us take for granted. But in the garment industry, it's sadly not typical for a lot of people. So, and we also wanted to produce locally. Um, we started the brand in LA where I had been working for a long time. And it was really out of an impetus to offer something that I knew was made in the most ethical and sustainable way possible, um, which in my opinion is using either organic, um, natural fibers or using upcycled goods, especially when you look at uh, polyester. Uh, so I just was having the toughest time finding something that I could personally get behind as a consumer. So I just decided to to work to create something myself. And it started out, I was just making things for friends and a couple local boutiques. And then um, we, we became more of a, a larger brand. Um, we're still on the small side, but we sold globally. Um, and that happened probably three years ago. Wow. Cool. So these materials, so, um, organic like threads and organic uh, materials and upcycled, is that using those materials versus, uh, you know, other fast fashion materials? Like what, what is it about the manufacturing of sustainable, um, sustainable fashion that's different from fast fashion? Because I feel like I didn't understand for the longest time the difference. So what, what, what's the difference there? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I think that this is something, unfortunately, that has the garment industry and the fashion industry has really done a disservice to the general um, public and consumers because a lot of the fabric is being put out there is polyester or acrylic, which is plastic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the chemicals that are used in synthetic clothing production are carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the dyes are, are quite ridden with heavy metals. And it's just, it, it's not healthy for the people who produce it, the people who wear it, the planet. So if I, I think that it's just to give everyone kind of a historical um, lesson about the, the fashion industry, pre-2008, we were manufacturing a lot of our clothing globally in more localized economies. So uh, I'm in the U.S., so a lot was being made in New York or Los Angeles or Miami, um, sometimes even in, in smaller markets. But then with 2008, with the econ economic collapse, a lot of that went off shore what hadn't already went offshore and all of us got used to being able to buy you know a pair of jeans for twenty dollars or a swimsuit for you know twenty five dollars and a lot of it's really cute and fun to wear and everyone wants to be able to save money but I think what we are not being shown is the cost associated with that and there is a large cost associated with that with both a a human um 
perspective, like the workers, mm-hmm. and then also the environmental effect. And then the effect of, of just having things that we can't wear more than 10 or 15 times or they look horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and with all this acrylic and polyester fabric being pumped into um, the garment world and, and the consumer market, I think that fast fashion, a lot of it, if not all of it, is being produced overseas and in sweatshops. So a lot of people haven't seen sweatshops. Why? Because they're very hidden from public view. I've even seen sweatshops in Los Angeles. Um, A lot of the time they're in basements, um, attics. They're in hidden places because they're not pretty places. Uh, A lot of people are illegal and desperate to work and desperate to make a living. And these people are going to make your $20 jeans or your $10, you know, sandals or your $15 handbag. And so these people are not being compensated a living wage. Oftentimes they're subject to a lot of physical and verbal abuse. Um, the living conditions that these people are in and the working conditions are quite horrible. So just caring about other human beings and, and the cost of what we acquire and what is being done to them um, is, is embedded in fast fashion because you can't turn things around. You can't go, and I hate to point out an obvious offender, but it is Zara and a lot of companies like that. And you'll even find it in luxury uh, goods, sadly, that are very expensive where it's being made overseas by people that aren't being well compensated or well treated. So it's that's a very unfortunate uh, situation because there's no way if you pay someone a living wage that you can buy a pair of jeans for $15 because in order for those jeans to be sold for $15, they need to be made for about $5. That means that the person who takes an hour to sew them is probably making one or $2. Maybe that's, you know, a, a more money in an economy where, where the dollar has more buying power, like Southeast Asia, um, India, Bangladesh, but it doesn't mean that these people are being compensated fairly or treated well. And the environmental factor is this stuff doesn't biodegrade and it doesn't go away. It's right. plastic. It offset, it lets off chemicals that leaches into the soil waterways. Um, it's kind of scary now that there are babies being born with plastic in their bloodstreams. We are biologically bonding as a species with plastic because of how much we're producing. Um, you know, and then we, everyone's careful about drinking out of water bottles that don't have, um, BPA lining. Well, that's, there's similar stuff in the clothing and our, our skin is our largest organ. So we're putting that so close to our bodies. So it's not easy to go find something that isn't fast fashion, but I guarantee you, if people start doing that, they're going to get better quality. Maybe you'll pay a little more. But I think we need to go back to pre-2008 where maybe we're paying a little more and, and acquiring less. Maybe we don't need, you know, 40 outfits. I know it's nice and it's fun, but the cost associated with it is too high for our planet to sustain. And that's, I think, um, long answer, but that's, that's the conclusion that it's just not a sustainable process if we want to continue healthy life on this planet. Wow. Yeah, that's, 
that's much more complicated than I think most people actually realize because it seems so innocent uh-huh. to walk into a store and see something cute and just take it home because it makes you feel good. But there's consequences. And it's it's sometimes sad that you do have to consider that, especially when it's other lives and the planet on the line. So, so another question I have that honestly is so amazing to me is I saw it. So you guys did um, a collab with Sea Shepherd, which, oh my goodness, that's one of my favorite organizations. And you turned fishing nets into fashion. So how, how do you do that? Because I'll see the label sustainable, but I don't know how they've actually broken down these, um, these products or these, sorry, materials into usable uh, materials. Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you so much. I I totally agree with you. Um, Sea Shepherd is a group that I have admired for a long time and um, we were in contact with them about three years ago because they're responsible for pulling out massive amounts of nets um, from the ocean and all this plastic. And I, I just admire that work so much because it's really what is keeping our oceans healthy. I mean, if you go to any beach anywhere in the world, there's a ton of plastic on it and that destroys marine life. So I learned that about 8 million tons of plastic are being dumped in the ocean every year. And mm-hmm. I know that's hard to conceptualize um, because you may not see it on the surface, but that is the equivalency of, um, what did they say? 21 Empire State Buildings. Yeah. So, and almost 40% of that is fishing nets. Mm-hmm. So which is responsible for the deaths of million marine animals, unintentional deaths. I'm not talking about fish that are caught for people to consume, but unintentional deaths of marine life, birds, turtles, whales, dolphins, and coral reefs. So we we were getting educated about that and got in contact with Sea Shepherd, and they have all... Um, the the crew and the equipment and they were pulling these nets and I said well let's do something with this because I'm making swimwear for my brand out of upcycled fishing nets and marine plastic and and you guys are such an amazing organization and so we did a collection with them sea shepherd was absolutely amazing they they went to uh costa rica to the cocos islands um on on one of their vessels and they pulled out 40 tons of trash from a marine reserve and this is an area too that jacques cousteau called the aquarium of the planet because it's so biodiverse with life um it's a main uh avenue for hammerheads on their migratory path there's sea turtles there's vibrant coral. So it's just such a special place. And they had not been able to clean this place up for 25 years, but because there was um, a a regime change in Costa Rica, the new government, uh, who's quite friendly about ocean conservation, uh, allowed Sea Shepherd to partner with them and go in there and clean this up. So these nets were then cleaned up. Um, They were sent to be processed. And these nets are made out of plastic. Um, a hundred, up until World War II, they were made from hemp, which is biodegradable, mm. um, or cotton. And with the the popularity of polymers, plastics, World War II forward, um, they are made from almost invisible, lightweight uh, microfilament plastic, which means that they're invisible to fish. 
They're very lightweight, but they're impossible to tear. So these things never biodegrade and they just float through the ocean and destroy everything. But when Sea Shepherd pulled these out, um, they're able to be melted down just like plastic. So instead of creating new plastic for swimwear, all swimwear, unless it's made from a recycled product, is plastic. Same with athletic wear. Anything that's acrylic, anything that's polyester, it's all petroleum-based. So virgin polyester, just what you would go in a store and buy leggings or a bikini, It's there's 70 million barrels annually that are pumped uh, and this is the oil oil industry out there in the ocean or on land pumping 70 million barrels of oil just to produce polyester and acrylic fabric for the fashion industry. So, and that contributes to oil spills and fracking. So Sea Shepherd doing this was really fantastic. So we did a limited edition collection with them. We launched over COVID, um, which, which unfortunately just kind of put a chink in things uh, because it was so impossible to get anything shipped. And um, I think a lot of offices, including theirs, had shut down because of um, the pandemic. But we sold out um, almost everything within a week and the money went back to support their amazing uh, work that they do. So that was really nice. And it was a special experience for us to be able to, to support them and work alongside them. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's honestly so amazing. So these products get melted down and then reused to make uh, new, new fashion, new clothing, new, new swimsuits. And that's that's so cool. That's so, so cool. So for people, so, you know, I hear all the time that the price tag is, it puts people off, especially people, you know, that maybe can't afford it or have money going to other, you know, really necessary places like their kids or, you know, life is tricky, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What's advice that you have for people who want to live a, a sustainable fashion lifestyle, but are maybe not able to invest in sustainable fashion at the moment? That's a great question, too. And I think it's shocking how expensive some things like uh, fashion is, an, as you said earlier, it makes you feel good. It's an emotional buy. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all need to wear clothing. Um, but at the same time, uh, it shouldn't bankrupt you um, or make you feel upset that you spent too much money on something. So it is my personal dream as as someone who's heading up a brand to be able to make things more and more affordable um, for our customers. And I think that needs to happen with organic and slow fashion and sustainable fashion, locally produced fashion across the board. Unfortunately, this is a slow process because the people that are producing things, the company that are producing things that are more affordable are the ones who are committing some pretty nasty things with human rights violations and, and environmental violations. So it's tough, but I think that, you know, I personally, um, I loved going to charity shops and like secondhand stores and vintage stores. I mean, I've purchased some beautiful pieces even from the 60s and 70s that were really inexpensive. I mean, the cost of going to like Target and getting a t-shirt and they're better made than a lot of the things that I purchase now. Right, yeah. You know? And that's fun. And then also, 
Shop on sale. I mean, everyone does end of season sales. And I know it's not fun to have to always shop online or go to a sale and maybe they don't have your color size you want, but at least it's a way to get pieces that are meaningful to you that you really like um, that, that maybe are out of your price range because you're putting money elsewhere. Or unfortunately, it is more expensive to produce locally than it is like if I wanted to send things to China to get made, it would cost me less money as a brand. Um, and I could pass those savings on to consumers, but I choose to support my local community and economy. And I, I try to make sure that quality is embedded in the product as much as I can for the consumer. And I know it is more expensive and maybe you have a little less, but for instance, the very first swimsuit we made in 2017, I still wear. Oh, wow. uh, it's crazy because before I was buying things and I'm like, oh gosh, they look just look so ragged after like one season by the pool or the ocean. They're like discolored and the fabric's all balled up. But that's a testament to buying things that are good quality. They're going to last longer. So also looking at it that way. I mean, you can get pretty much anything you want on real, real Poshmark, um, thrift stores, charity shops are amazing. I've seen some of the most beautiful things donated there. And just reaching out to a, a brand you like and saying, hey, I love your stuff. But for me, it's just not like a price I, I'm comfortable paying. Do you offer sales or discounts? I... I constantly um, put sales on our brand just to make sure everyone has a chance to, to get something if they want it. So I think a lot of sustainable brands are willing to work with their customers too. Awesome. Anna, your stuff is so beautiful. I absolutely love your swimsuits. I love your activewear. And it really, to me, it's it's reasonably priced for the amount of effort that goes into making it sustainable. I think I think for sure your brand, Sage LaRock, is amazing. And I can't wait to get some swimsuits from you guys. You. <laughs> we can't wait to. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. That's all the time we have today. We're almost out of time. And I cannot wait to talk to you or I guess hear you talk at the upcoming National Trust Conference. And that's tomorrow, the 19th, I believe you start talking at 115. Is that right? That's correct. And it, it looks like an amazing agenda. Um, I know that they have an incredible local designer um, who's going to be speaking. I saw Fabian Casto who's going to be speaking. So it, it looks absolutely incredible. We're, I'm so honored to be there. Oh my goodness. Yay. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'd love to talk to you again in the future. Your, your passion is inspiring. Honestly, it's completely inspiring. You know, so much, you know, so much, and that information needs to get out there and needs to get into our collective consciousness. Um, so until we get to see, hear you uh, do your presentation, where can people follow you on social media or check out your clothes? Yeah, so check us out at sagelarock.com. Um, we're, we're on Instagram at sage underscore larock. Um, and you can always, if you have any questions or are wondering about sales or if you're curious about anything that we have, uh, we love hearing from, from our customers. They're our friends too. And we can be reached at sales at sagelarock.com. Okay, Taryn, thank you so, so much. I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Bella. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you so much again to Taryn for speaking with me today. I feel so motivated to spread the word of sustainable fashion. It's so important to express yourself and so much happiness can come from wearing what makes you feel confident. But at some point you have to stop and look at how it's impacting our natural world. For anyone wanting to live a more fashion sustainable lifestyle, but someone maybe who isn't ready to invest in any sustainable pieces just yet, make the thrift shop your new home. We have so many to offer here in Cayman, from the Humane Society to the cave, to another chance thrift store and more. You can definitely find some unique and versatile pieces for your lifestyle. Also keep an eye open for clothing swaps. They happen all the time and can really give your closet the revamp you need without having to spend any money or buy from the fashion demons. Okay, enough of my rant. You can find more information about Taryn and Sage LaRock in our show notes of today's episode. And you can follow us on Instagram at ProtectingParadiseKY for more episode updates. But until next time, I'll talk to you next time. Toodles! Script by Bella Rooney. Music and sound by James Brake.